You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, A Father's Heart. Enjoy. So it's Father's Day, and uh, it's great being a dad. I'll tell you, it's just so much fun. There's so many adventures. And I I don't know if you've heard about the son who uh, came to his dad, and he said, Dad, can I have another glass of water? And his dad said, well, you know, I've, I've already given you 10 full glasses of water. He said, but dad, the bedroom's still on fire. (laughs) There's all kinds of adventures being a dad. And uh, it's really such a privilege and such a blessing. But on Mother's Day, we talked about a a mother's faith. And we looked at a young woman who was about to become a mother, Mary, who was about to become the mother of Jesus, and the faith that she had in God. When the word of God came to her, she said to the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Well, today on Father's Day, I want to look at a father's heart. And you'll see up here, we've got a beautiful mountain. And why do we have a beautiful mountain up there for a father's heart? Because God wants to make your heart strong. A mountain is immovable, unless you speak to it, right? (laughs) But a mountain symbolizes something that is immovable. God is immovable. God is unshakable. And he's made you dads in his image. And he wants you to be immovable. He wants you to be unshakable in the things of him. He wants you to be sure and certain that every promise he's made from Genesis to Revelation is yes and amen in Christ in your life. So let's talk about a father's heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. On Father's Day, we bless you and say happy Father's Day to you that we've become your own sons and daughters. And Lord, I lift up the dads that are hearing this message. May they be encouraged in you. May they look to you and be strengthened by your Holy Spirit during the course of this message. May they be inspired to run with you and to become all that you've made them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 112. Psalm 112, we're going to look at a picture of a father in the Bible, and this father's heart is found in Psalm 112, looking at a picture of a man, a father's heart in Psalm 112. Verse 1, we've got it on the screen. If you want to read along on the screen, you can do that as well. Praise the Lord. Who do we praise? The Lord, right? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty. That's his children, right? Will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever, just like that mountain. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. What is light? Provision and wisdom, right? He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart, a father's heart, is fixed, steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be 
afraid until he see, see his desire upon his enemies. So in just these eight verses, we'll stop there. We see, I, I counted about 13 benefits of, of, of a father's heart that's represented here. Let's just list these, and we'll look at the father's heart. But let's look at these benefits. In verse 1, the first benefit is that you are blessed. That's, got, that's a Bible word. We don't use that a whole lot, but it's a powerful word. It literally means to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. That's what the word means. And when God blesses people, it changes their whole lives. So blessing, don't let it be a watered-down uh, kind of ethereal word in your life. It's a very real, powerful word. You are blessed. You are healthy, happy, and prosperous. Second benefit, your children are mighty on the West Coast and on the East Coast. And they're blessed, healthy, happy, and prosperous. The third one, wealth and riches are in your house. The fourth one, enduring righteousness belongs to you. The fifth one, for you, light, wisdom, and provision arise in darkness. You're gracious, compassionate, and righteous. You're generous and you lend. <laughs> you manage your life and family with discretion and justice. You look to God for the wisdom of what to say and when to say it, how to, how to, how to, how to respond and what to do wherever you're at, at work, in your dealings with men, in your business transactions, right? He gives you that wisdom and discretion. You're never, you'll never be shaken. You're remembered forever. People know about you because of the way you live. You'll not be afraid of evil tidings. Your heart is fixed and established. And the last one, you will experience victory over your enemies. Now we can look at these benefits, and this describes the type of man that every dad would like to be, doesn't it? I mean, that's awesome. Isn't that great? Now, you might look at those and say, well, I'm not quite there. That's not quite me. But I want you to know, don't be discouraged. See, the devil doesn't want you to experience these things. But, but the reality is, God gives us his word to lift us up, to take us higher. So you may not be currently experiencing these things or maybe experience them in a measure, but God wants you to experience all of them more. He gives us his word to take us higher, to lift us up, to take us from where we are today to where we were meant to be. And that's what Highway Church, that's where our name, a highway is a structure that enables you to get from where you are to where you want to be. And that's what the Word of God does. It enables you to get from where you are to where you long to be. God gives us, uh, who, God reveals Himself to us through His Word. And these benefits that we just looked at, they're all the direct result of the Father's heart in verse 1. So let's check out the Father's heart in verse 1. There's just two things that this dad does in Psalm 112. And, and it tells us, and all these benefits follow. 
What a deal. A father's heart is a heart that fears the Lord and greatly delights in Him. Verse 1. So the first thing it talks about is fearing the Lord. And that's a term I don't know that we, we always understand or hasn't been taught properly. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Very simply, it means to revere and worship Him. To deeply respect and honor Him. The Lord. Now, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, what does it say? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, to fear the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, made whole, prospered. So a father's heart, the father that experiences these benefits, is a father that worships, that fears, that deeply honors the Lord, who is Jesus. A father's heart is a heart that exalts Jesus as Lord. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus the Lord said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Look at this. No one comes to the Father but through me. So this father in Psalm 112 discovered the secret to fatherhood, that exalting the Lord brings you into the presence of the Father. A heart that knows Jesus, that's a father's heart. Do you know you can't be a true father until you enter into a relationship with God the Father? You can't really be a true father until you become a son of God the Father. Until you begin to look to Him for everything. To realize you need Him in everything. And you begin to trust Him in every area of your life. That's when fatherhood begins to grow inside of you. See, God has called us as dads, as fathers, to live by faith not by performance, to live by trusting in Him. Did you know there's no such thing as a self-made man? It's a term we hear a lot and the world applauds that, but no one made themselves. We've all been made by God. And any gift that any of us have, any talent, any ability, any resources that we have was given to us by God. So if we're honest and if we're a godly man and if we're the father God made us to be, all the glory goes to him. All the glory goes to him. See, Satan doesn't, he either wants you to be sin conscious or self-conscious, but never son conscious. He wants you to be conscious of your failings and your mistakes he wants you to play those over. You should have done this. You should have done that. Look what you did last week. Why did you do? He wants you to rehearse your mistakes because he knows if you keep rehearsing them, it's going to be a cycle that's going to bring you down. Or he wants you to be self-conscious. And being self-conscious can produce one of two things, arrogance or insecurity. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. You can begin to think more highly of yourself than you ought, or you can become very insecure. And insecurity and arrogance are really cousins because you come about them in the same way. You're thinking of yourself more than you're thinking of Him. So this is a wonderful life that God has brought us into through Christ. It's not a life where we go throughout the day thinking about ourselves. 
should I do that? Shouldn't I do this? What if I did? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, what do people think of me? What should I do next? No, it's about thinking of him. So dads, as you're going through your day, there is a major temptation to keep your mind on all the things that you have to get done. And of all the projects and responsibilities you have as a dad, and we know there are many of those. But here's the challenge, and here's the great blessing, is to take your mind off all of those things and put them on him. To keep your mind stayed on your father, knowing that he's going to guide you and lead you in every affair of your life, through every situation and circumstance, to give you the wisdom to know what to do and when to do it. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to sweat it. It's awesome. That's who, he's, that's who he is, and that's, that's the life that we have in him. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, so Satan doesn't want you to be sun conscious. He wants you to be conscious of your sin or conscious of yourself, but never conscious of the sonship that you have in Christ. So we saw in John 14, 6, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God becomes your very own father. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed. One translation says lavish. This is a big word. Poured it out on us. That we should be called the sons of God. Dad, I want to encourage you to go throughout your day reminding yourself of this. God is my Father. I am born of him. His DNA runs through my veins. His nature has become my nature. Do you spend any time meditating on that? I mean, I'll literally say that to myself. You know, when I have some time where I don't need to be, you know, focusing on how to do a certain task, and there's things when I, you know, something I like to do when I get a chance, I like to wash the dishes. Just something I find relaxing. <laughs> and uh, we have a dishwasher, but there are times when I like to, and when I'm doing that or, or mowing the grass or, 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 or playing with my chainsaw or, or trimmer, I like to just confess the word. I said, I'll say things like that. God, you're my father. I'm your son. Your life flows through my body. I'm strong in you and in your mighty power. You're my father, and you're meeting every need of my life according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that God made him who had no sin. Who's that? Jesus, right? To be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, in some churches, they might think that's a black. If I came into a church and I said, I'm the righteousness of God, they might think that's heresy or blasphemy. But it's just the simple truth of the Bible. I, not in myself, am the righteousness of God, but God took my sins and put them on his son Jesus, and, and he gave me the righteousness that his son had. He put it on me. So the Bible teaches dads that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't allow the enemy, your enemy, the adversary of your soul, to, to, to cause you to be insecure or unsure of your position as a father. Don't go there. We've all fallen short of what a father should be in one, in one way or another. 
But when I, when I make a mistake, when I fall short, I'm quick to remind myself that God's grace makes up the difference in my life. Amen. That God is my Father. That His nature is my nature. So this is what fearing the Lord is. It's revering and worshiping Jesus Christ. It's deeply respecting and honoring Him, knowing that through faith in Him, God, the maker of heaven and earth, that Debbie spoke about in Genesis 1, that He is now my Father, that I'm born of Him, that His DNA flows through my veins, that His nature has become my nature, that my needs are His needs. And that he's already planned on meeting every one of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. His provision, his resources are my resources. It's the same with your children, right? They don't have, they, everything I have belongs to my kids. That's just a given. That's not something I had to say, well, I don't know if I want to do. It's automatic. I mean, you hold your child in your arms from the very first moment they're born, everything belongs to them, right? It's just a given. That's, that's the father's heart. That's the Father's love. How much more, and we're just people, how much more is God's heart like that towards you? So you worship Him, you respect Him, you honor Him, and you grow stronger in this reality. So that's the first thing that this dad does in Psalm 112. He fears the Lord. And then the second thing that he does is he greatly delights. He delights greatly. He takes great pleasure in His commandments. What are his commandments? His word. Right? He takes great pleasure in knowing his word, knowing his instruction and his promises. Knowing that his word produces life. See, we talk about the word a lot. And you need to understand, we talk about the word, we're not talking about ink on paper. We're not talking about grammar or how something's spelled. A word is the expression of someone's heart. So we take great pleasure in God's Word, not because of the ink of the paper, because it's the expression of His heart. Specifically, the promises of God. Because it's through the promises of God, it tells us in 2 Peter 1, that we experience His nature. So we take great pleasure in the Word, knowing it produces life. Knowing that it produces strength. Knowing that it's from the heart of our Father. Let's look at Psalm 103, verse 8. His words reveal to us who he is. See, I, I'm, I, I'm thankful for my dad and for, for all that he did and uh, all that he taught me, but we really, really never spent much time talking. I didn't see him a lot. And a lot of the time when we were together, there was a lot of fighting going on in the house. So I never got to really have some, uh, you know, deeper, meaningful conversations with my dad. Um, but God is not in that way. God wants to go deep with you. God wants to reveal the very depths of his heart to you. And that's why he's given us his Holy Spirit. So when we delight ourselves in the word, it, like in Psalm 103.8, we get to know the heart of our Father. And Psalm 103, verse 8 says, this is our Father it's talking about, right? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. That's the heart of our Father. It's important to know the heart of your Father. And see, when I read that, it, it, it changes my heart. Now, I want to be compassionate. I want to be gracious. I want to be slow to anger. I want to be abounding in loving kindness to my children. 
So we delight ourselves in the Word of God, not for religious reasons, because we're so thrilled that God is our Father. We're so excited that who He is has been given to us, that He's revealed Himself to us through Jesus Christ, that He's not held anything back, and that as a dad, I realize I want all that He is in my life because I'm a conduit to my children for Him. So I want my children to experience all that He is, so I delight myself in Him. God is so good. Now, his word's not only full of love and compassion, but his word is full of power and authority. We need power and authority in our lives as dads, right? There were times, I mean, before I, before I ever had, uh, before I was even married, and, and I realized that um, I was going to become a dad someday, or that was my hope, I really, I wanted my children to respond to the word of God. And as dads, you need to be confident. Not arrogant, but confident. Confident in who you are in Christ. Because sometimes your children might test that. And, and we learned that very early on, how important it was to discipline our children biblically. And we're living in a culture that doesn't teach that. It wasn't always that way in America, but it is now. And man's come up with a, a, a new approach to raising children. And it really falls way short. It kind of stinks. It's pretty lousy. Like timeouts, right? That word should never come out of a dad's mouth or a mom's mouth, right? It's not, you won't find timeout in the Bible, okay? So when we had our, our little ones, I mean, I, I sought the Lord regarding being a dad because I really had to learn from him. Because I'm thankful for what my dad taught me, taught me, but I had a long way to go, and I needed to be changed in my own heart. And we saw things about that when God speaks, it's so. So we knew that our, we had to train our children that when we speak, they respond immediately. Not a one, two, three, not a time out. That if we ask them to do something, it's to be done right then. And that if they don't, they would get a spank. And what's a spank? It's just a on the backside. Right in this nice, uh, what do you call those muscles right there? The gluteus maximus? I don't know. Anyway, but it's a great place, you know, for dads to apply uh, so, some discipline because it doesn't injure the child, but it makes them want to stop what they're doing. And I knew in my own life that if I was doing something I shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit would, would, would check my heart. And I'd feel inside this, I shouldn't be doing this. And God will be, he's, he's, he's strong with us. Not, not unreasonable, but boy, if you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in, the Holy Spirit will let you know. Your peace will be disturbed. You'll know something's not right. And I felt that in my life, and I knew my children needed to know how to, be, how to respond to their spirit. So when they're little, as a dad, you know, they'd be maybe six months old, seven months, eight months old. When they were old enough to know that, that daddy or mommy had just given them a directive, and we're changing their diaper. And they didn't want to get their diaper changed. And they'd throw a fit and arch their back up. And they knew they were old enough. It's different with every child. But for ours, it was usually around six, seven, eight months. And as soon as they would throw a fit on that little bare bottom, we'd like that. And they'd stop crying. <laughs> what just happened? And it's amazing how quick that fit stopped. Yeah? Didn't injure the child at all. Of course not. But it, it taught them, and what are we doing? We're teaching them to discipline their flesh, to walk in the Spirit. See, your flesh will tell you, Dad, things you need to do. Your flesh will say, oh, you should do that, or oh, i really like to do that. And it's not always the right thing to do. So we live by faith as dads. We walk in the Spirit. We keep our flesh in subjection to our spirit. 
okay? God is good. So God's word has power and authority. And our children today, if you get to know them, you'll find they're very happy. They're very well adjusted. And uh, they're, they're prospering. Not because we beat them, but we discipline them. And you know, when you do it early and you don't do the timeout thing and the one, two, three, and I'm, if you don't do this, if you just do it, do it early and consistently, man, it's amazing how little you have to do it. How little you have to do it. So God is good. So let's look at this uh, power and authority in God's word. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. So God's word has love. It has compassion. It has power and authority. And I like this. My children have been memorizing these scriptures with me. We have Bible time together. As dads, that's a great thing to do is to have Bible time with your kids. And we... Um, We've been going over, we memorize scriptures together, we read through the scriptures. Let's look at this. Oh, how I love your law. See, we just take great pleasure in the word of God. It's my meditation all the day. But what about your portfolio and all the projects at work and your social relationships and all the needs that your family has? No, we take great pleasure in the word. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. Next. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my... There's that word meditation again. That's just keeping it, on your, keeping it before you, going over it, saying it to yourself over and over again. You're my father. You're my strength. You're my joy. You're my provision. You're the well-being of my children. You're the life of my family. You're the provision of this family. Next one. I understand more than the aged. With age does not come wisdom. With the application of God's word comes wisdom. So you can be 16 and be very wise, depending on how much you've submitted to the word of God and applied it in your life. You can be 92 and be very ignorant. It's based on the word. Because I have observed your precepts. That's where wisdom comes from. So important to know that. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. Next one. I like this one. I've not turned aside from your ordinances for you yourself have taught me. That's relationship. See? No, I've, it doesn't go back to that one, E. It doesn't say, uh, yeah, that one there. It doesn't say I've not turned aside from your ordinances because I was afraid of breaking your commandments or because I didn't want to um, be shunned from my religious community. It says you yourself because I have a relationship with you. I'm walking with you and you yourself have taught me. And see, I was able to discipline my kids because I received discipline from the Lord when I wouldn't came to know him. And it wasn't a discipline that injured me, but it was a discipline that let me know that what I was doing was wrong and that he empowered me to change. He gave me the strength and wisdom to change my behavior. He gave me his nature to live differently. Good. Next one. How sweet are your words to my taste? Look at this. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. So we take great pleasure in God more than food, more than our favorite meal. Go ahead. Next one. From your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Wow, that's good. That's good. So we see in the Word of God this, this the love, the compassion, the graciousness of God. So we delight ourselves in that. We delight ourselves in the power and the authority of the Word of God. When God speaks, His power and authority come with His Word. His provision comes with His Word. I mean, if I were hungry, 
Let's say I was hungry on the verge of starvation, and the president of Stop and Shop called me. And he said, Joseph, I heard you were hungry, and I just want you to know you can come to pick any Stop and Shop anywhere around you, and you can go there and get whatever you want, as much as you want, as often as you want for the rest of your life. That would give me pleasure. I would get in the car, and I'd go to Stop and Shop, and I, and I would get it whatever I wanted. Why? Because that word that the, the president of Stop and Shop has authority. And when he speaks regarding Stop and Shop, his word is to be done. And when God speaks to us, his word carries authority. And his word is to be done in our lives. When he says that he will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, I receive that as a dad. Fathers, you know that living in this world requires money, right? It requires provision. It requires house repairs, Man, I didn't have any idea how to fix anything when I became a dad. I had, you know, my, I, got, I don't remember when I got my first power tool. It was probably uh, 94, probably about five years after we were married, Jennifer got me a power drill. I thought I really was cooking then. And I had to learn how to, but, I, you know, I had to learn how to fix things. You know, gar, so I've, since then I've learned about installing garbage disposals and lighting and, and fixing all kinds of things and doors and God is good. His word brings the provision that I need as a dad. His word, if you need wisdom to know how to fix your garbage disposal, he'll, you can either uh, receive that from him or he'll give you the finances to pay someone to do it. Whatever you need, his provision is there for you, dads. So don't let the enemy pressure you with all the, the potential stress that could come on you as a dad because of the needs you're looking at in your life and your family's life. Look to him for the richness of that provision. He sent his word to you. Let's look at one more scripture before we close. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Another picture of a man who fears the Lord and delights himself in him. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, there it is again, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Boy, does that meditate again? You seeing this? Meditate. It's just all throughout the word. In his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Wow. So dads, I want to encourage you to fear the Lord, to worship and revere him. It's not a fear that you're cowering and trembling, afraid of punishment. It's just an awesome respect knowing that your dad made heaven and earth, that your God, your dad is the God and creator of the universe, that your dad owns all the cattle and all the lions and all the beasts of the forest and the fowls of the air, that all the riches of the earth belong to him and that he loves you with all that he is. And that's what I want to encourage you in. It cultivate that deep respect, that deep honor, that worship attitude, knowing that he's walking with you during your journey as a dad. 
that you've got all the wisdom that you need to be the father he made you to be. You've got all the money you need to be the father you need. You've got all the provision. You've got the, the, uh, you've got the future guidance to make the right decisions for your children. And that gives me great comfort as a dad to know that it's really not up to me. All I've got to do is lean on him and let him flow through me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for who you are in our lives. We love you and we worship you and we give you praise. And Father, right now I lift up the dads that are here this morning and the dads that will be hearing this audio message via the internet. Father, I pray that right now that they would trust in you with everything that they are, that they would be encouraged in you, that they would receive your life, your strength, your provision, your wisdom, your supply in every area of their lives, that they would not rely on themselves to be the dads they need to be, but they would rely on you, that they would look to you as their father that they would remind themselves that they are born of you, that you, you are now their everything, that they have your nature in them, that your DNA flows through their veins, that they're strong in you and in your mighty power, that before they even realize their need, you have already met it in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And I pray for the families of every dad that is here. Lord, I pray that their families would experience the amazing love of Jesus Christ, that their families would experience an intimate and real relationship with you every day. Lord, that your love would reign in the home of every father and Lord of the home of every father that's represented here by any wives that are here. Lord, that your love would just uh, um, flood that home, burst into that home and cover every, every um, crevice and every area of that home. Lord, every corner of that home where your love would be experienced, where your power and authority would be experienced, your compassion and your grace in Jesus' name, that all that you are would be, would be known in every father's family represented here in Jesus' name, that every child would grow in you, that every young person and every adult child would grow in relationship with you and look to you as their very own father. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day, dads. Be encouraged. The strength, wisdom, and provision you need to be a father has been provided for you in Christ. Worship the Lord. Delight yourself greatly in Him. Let His amazing love fix and establish your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.